0: This podcast made possible by our good friends at Tardy's Collector's Corner. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure you're checking for all the latest and greatest at Tardy's. Hello and welcome to a special Court Nerd spoiler cast, recorded moments after the broadcast of the season finale of Game of Thrones. While many of us here at the Court pay homage to the Iron Throne, it is Greg and I, I being Sledge, Uh, that always filled the chats with spoilery innuendo from whatever episode just aired. Uh, And so we thought we'd get together and just kind of commiserate, not only on Season 8 and even the finale, but just Game of Thrones in general. Uh, And so I'm going to throw it uh, over to Greg first, because whenever we're together, we always have to talk about what we're drinking. and so So Greg... What lubed you up into the final episode of Game of Thrones?
1: Well, I thought I would drink something that was a celebration of sorts of the greatest television series that has ever existed. Ooh, okay. And so I am drinking Knee Deep Brewing Company's Breaking Bud Beer um, with a, uh, yeah, it is a... 2016 GABF Bronze Medal American IPA, and it is delicious. And I'm lubing that up with the sec- with an homage to the second best series ever to grace television, which is a 2015 Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa Valley, entitled Game of Thrones.
0: That, uh, Bravo, Bravo. Uh, that was a brilliant bit of play that you did for me. Uh, and, uh, hats off to you. Uh, how, how are you, you're tasting the Sauvignon?
1: I am tasting the Sauvignon Blanc right now, and it is, uh, you know, much like the series, it is bittersweet.
0: Uh, well, uh, I am actually drinking, uh, something that is a bit more sweet than bitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, a Grove Stand, uh, by Beard. It is a double IPA. Uh, But it was specifically made to kind of pull back on all the bitters. uh, Mm -hmm. And it's not quite a New England IPA where it's super fruity, uh, but it's just very smooth uh, while still giving you 9.2% by volume alcohol content. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, uh, I I am feeling nice and toasty and ready to pour it out uh, over the season finale. So, uh, Greg... Tell me what was your first interaction with Game of Thrones? Did you start? you you read the books as I mm-hmm. I have. Uh, did you read the books before or after you started the series?
1: I began reading the books after
0: I started the series.
1: Now it it was probably around the time of season two,
0: okay that
1: I picked up the series, and it was at that time I was able to obtain a login to HBO. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I started watching it and I got hooked and immediately said, I need to be reading this book, this, I need to be reading these books. So I went out and I purchased, uh, all of the books that were available at the time, which is still all of the books that are currently available because George Martin is probably the (laughs) slowest (laughs) writer. He is the anti Brandon Sanderson. Uh, and so hot take, I know. Uh, so I went out and I bought them. I read them all uh, and had very uh, powerful feelings about them. Uh, There was lots of rage (laughs) that I held inside for uh, Dance with Dragons because that book is very frustrating. But uh, it is, uh, yeah, and I've, I've stuck with the series ever since, and I am the one guy in my office that... Has actually read the books and has followed the series ever since. So they come to me and they go, "Greg, tell me about this prophecy." And I say, "Well, let me tell you about my boy Azor Ahai."
0: <laughs> oh, and we, let's uh, let's hold on to that. Yes, because I have this this last episode through. I and I literally said something to my wife uh, as it was happening, but we'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started the series, and you're gonna appreciate this. Uh, It was assistant manager of mine back in the day uh, that uh, gave me uh, the first book, Game of Thrones of the Song of Fire and Ice, uh, as a Christmas present uh, before the series came out. Uh, And he said, you'll like this Dragon Age Origins cribbed from it. Ah, okay. and And I was, because Dragon Age Origins had just come out, and I was a huge Bioware fan. Mm-hmm. I, I still am. Uh, but, you know, I love Neverwinter uh, Nights and stuff like that, and I raved about the system. Uh, and uh, he, you know, I, I, I was the one that got him into Dragon Age because of it, and then he handed me off this book. And I, I got the book, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I was doing an inventory one day, uh, and I got there early, and I started reading it, and I I finished the first book by the end of the day, like I just could not put it down. That is and, very impressive. And it was it 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 was there from then on out. And when the series came out, you know, of course I I watched it. And my wife didn't really know anything about it. Uh, and when when the series came out on Blu-ray, I picked up the Blu-ray, uh, and I was like, "All right, honey, uh, you're gonna sit down. and You're gonna watch this with me." And I, I, you know, the the same thing like you force your spouses or girlfriends to to watch things with you, uh, and I didn't really understand how into it she was until uh, Littlefinger betrayed Ned Stark, and mm-hmm. she yelled at the TV, full throated, first and of I many was, screams. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I got her hooked. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and so uh, it was at that point she she picked up the books, too, and read all the books. Uh, the the books. Uh, let, let's do a, a, a quick contrast. Uh, Dance with Dragons, uh, which was the last written book, mm-hmm. uh, essentially ended with Danny riding the dragon for the very first time, ri- r- riding Drogon for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And that happened two and a half seasons ago. Right. Uh, which at this point is about four years ago because it's taken so long for the past two seasons to come out. And remember, and so, the last
1: POV we had with Jon Snow was Jon Snow being stabbed.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so the series uh, have strayed far from the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as much as they, you know, like s- said, you know, we got George's. Notes on how the series to, was to go. Uh, it's created a lot of feelings in the fan base about not necessarily liking, especially where this last season has gone. Uh, that, I
1: think, is a great transition into discussing what was good and what was not so good about the series as a whole. Okay. And the first thing is uh, that the writing following... The departure from the books took a steep downhill uh, uh, pace, I should say, uh, and and to their credit, uh, D.B. Weiss and and uh, and Dan Benioff have taken something that is still being it's to their credit they they have continued the story and they have wrapped it up. Now that I've, you know, that we've finally seen the final episode, they've wrapped it up in a way that was uh, satisfying enough to me. Mm-hmm. But yes, the writing was probably the weakest part of this entire series.
0: Um, and I, I will agree. The uh, there were gaps. Uh, we all, and part of it, I think, is we all wanted to be much more filled out. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling like if this was twelve episodes instead of six, uh and they were all just an hour apiece, uh and we got to see what people were doing in the inter even just saying what braun was doing, mm-hmm. you know uh he had who, two
1: scenes this season
0: right, well and not counting the well, final scene
1: three not I guess three season, three <laughs> yeah scenes
0: this season yeah, uh which don't get me wrong, I loved his his final scene. Oh my uh, but, gosh, what... A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, we'll get to that. Uh, but uh, let's start off with the the beginning of this season and uh, the imminent threats. Uh, so everybody, I'm. this is a spoiler cast, uh, so if you haven't watched this season, you should probably not listen. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't care, then go ahead and keep listening. But uh, last season ended, essentially... Uh with the wall with the wall that brand the builder built up in the north getting shattered by a zombie dragon ridden by uh you know the true king in the north. I said it. Mm-hmm. Uh uh cold take. <laughs> very cold take. Oh man, bad puns are flying. <laughs> uh, uh invading the south. Invading I see the See what
1: south. you did there.
0: And uh Uh, John, who was elected king in the north, bent the knee to uh, Daenerys. Uh, And uh, she offered up the Unsullied and the Dothraki and all of her forces up into the north to defend the realms of men, while uh, Cersei promised uh, that she would come a-run-in, which, you know, she wouldn't and she didn't. Uh, And that was essentially the start of this season. Uh, it was the build-up to the the war in the North. And the first two episodes, like, you didn't hear any flack. Everybody really seemed to like them, mm-hmm. you know? And it wasn't until the third episode, uh, which, which the Night King invaded, and uh, it all got wrapped up in one episode. Literally uh, one episode. This one is, episode.
1: This is eight seasons of build-up, or seven full seasons of build-up.
0: Seven wrapped seasons
1: in, and two episodes, wrapped in an hour and a half.
0: In an hour and a half. And uh, a lot of people uh, pissed on it because uh, of the the lighting. It uh, was very dark, uh, and it was hard to see different things. Uh, one thing that I said to somebody that said that to me, and it was like, we should get an OLED TV. Uh, I have 4K HDR on my HBO stream, uh, and it looked perfectly fine to me. And he was just like cock, you know. Uh, and as I, like, so I, my
1: TV is not really it's a, a an old uh HD TV from like I, uh, 8 years ago and honestly it wasn't it was dark but I kind of felt like that was the point of the episode.
0: That was the point of the episode. Yeah. It, like you were and and it made it much more tense mm-hmm. because the entire hour and a half I was literally sitting on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people again spoiler uh John, uh, who everybody thought was going to be the person that killed the Night King, uh, was actually yelling, uh, Do it now, in the face of the zombie dragon. uh, While Arya, uh, protecting uh, Bran, uh, you know, came in, got caught by the Night King, did the whole sexy dagger drop, and stabbed him right in the chest. Where the original icicle from uh, the the children of the forest, you know, got him there thousands and thousands of years before. Uh, Quick and
1: correction: it wasn't an icicle that they used to create the Night King. It was actually dragon glass. It, it was, was dragon dragonglass glass dagger.
0: Dra- a dragon glass dagger.
1: If you want me to go deep into the
0: weeds here,
1: there's actually a book that Sam opens in season seven that happens to show the dragonglass, or a Valyrian steel dagger, and there is a theory that that Valyrian steel dagger was created using the original piece of dragonglass that created the Night King.
0: And uh, that dagger was gifted to Arya Mm -hmm. by Bran, who in turn got it from Tyrion Mm -hmm. way back in season one. All right. And so, and remember that in, that
1: was the dagger too. That there was an attempt on Bran's life.
0: And the and so there, when a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, you're ending this too quickly," like this is this is no, they built this up. They mm-hmm. they kind of built it up. There's a lot of tie-in. Uh, and uh, I honestly appreciated episode three. Uh, I thought it was one of the high points of the series. I loved that Arya. Uh, gave the death blow to the to uh, the the true king of the north, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, so that led everybody thinking. Well, is she is she the prince that is predicted?
1: Prince that In- was promised to Zora High.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. And so everybody ended up like speculating. Well, and, well, she has to be the one to 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 free. She, she's she's going to kill Cersei you know she's going to be the true ruler she's going to do it all uh and of course that didn't play out uh as any everyone else anticipated uh let's fast forward to not this episode but the episode prior
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: the episode that kind of burnt down the internet uh,
1: uh yeah yeah that's a that's a good way of putting it i think
0: uh, I'll I'll have you describe this episode.
1: Well, the first thing that happened was all of our hearts were wrenched out of our chests in a very rough and fiery fashion. <laughs> uh, but it began with the entire army of the North bearing down on King's Landing in what could be a final confrontation between the forces of the North and Cersei Lannister, while Cersei Lannister conveniently stood at her windowsill with a glass of wine, as she did for pretty much the entirety of Season 8. Uh, the,
0: the Red Keep is impenetrable.
1: The, the Red Greg. Keep is impenetrable, and the Red Wine is impenetrable even further. So, as this is happening, uh, Daenerys learns from her past mistake from Episode... Four was it? Four yeah. where uh, where Viserion was or no? Excuse me, Regal uh, was unceremoniously killed by the least significant character in the entire series, Mister Euron Greyjoy, and we'll get to fucking Euron Greyjoy here in a little bit. Uh, and Daenerys learned her lesson, came from the uh, came from the heavens and fucking rained fire down on all of Euron's fleet. Then she rained fire down on all of the Ballista. And then, in a moment of brilliant acting, and I can't stress this enough, it was brilliant acting. The bells are sounding, and you see Amelia Clark, Daenerys Targaryen, sitting on Drogon. And she has this moment in her face where she is seeing relief she's relieved that she just won this war single-handedly she's defeated all of her enemies the city is and hers anger the bells are ringing and you see her go from that joy to but what if I, i've lost everyone i love to everyone has betrayed me to everyone shall burn uh,
0: homicidal rage it's uh and and this is all and and it it wasn't just a switch that was flipped that everybody you know it was it was actually a build up throughout mm-hmm. the the series not just this season but especially this season uh yeah. and you you kind of saw the tipping point especially uh with the burning of varies mm-hmm. uh while you know <laughs> John hell we and- can go even
1: further back the the burning of uh Dickon and Randall Tarley. Even. Oh
0: yeah yeah, and you can even you can go even further back by by looking at Marine and how mm-hmm. she handled Marine because after because what when after she freed this the slaves of slavers Bay and then she left and the slavers came back and took power and everybody died. And so she realized, well, mercy isn't really going to do it. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to retain power. but as she retained power in Marine, it's the forces just built up and built up against her, and her support was slowly being drained away until she was overthrown. And which is essentially where the end of Dance of Dragons is. You know, where she is outside of the city, she has nothing left, and she learns to ride a dragon. Uh, and that is where her power is once again resolidified. And that is the that is the true turning there of Daenerys from the breaker of chains to the subjugator of people.
1: Breaker of chains to the burninator, as it will.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, uh, last, last episode, she committed genocide on King's Landing. Uh, she killed everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the people that survived, the few that did, uh, there was a great scene uh, at the start of this episode uh, of uh, Tyrion walking the burnt streets, Mm -hmm. And this just ran looking at the desiccated bodies and this random guy that survived like burnt uh, to like on his tips and his legs slashed all throughout like eyes bleeding, just wandering aimlessly. And that just kind of typified what Daenerys did. And when we finally get to see Daenerys, in tonight's episode, it doesn't, like, the reality of it, it doesn't seem to matter to her. Mm-hmm. Like, what she did. It's the ends justifies the means to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. Like, y- while I was watching that scene, when John confronts her uh, for the f- first time, after Tyrion had already threw, threw away the hand. And he got imprisoned. When John confronts her for the very first time, I was hoping for some semblance of pain, of guilt, of what she did, and there was none there. Mm-hmm.
1: She went and- from she went full blown mad
0: queen. Mm. And uh, the the turnabout that took place in the episode, the shock that everybody had uh, was essentially how Daenerys the problem of Queen Daenerys got resolved. Something that Viserys uh, had told Tyrion uh, about uh, before he was burned. Like, she is going to be the death of everybody. Uh, and Oh, did I say Viserys? Viserys,
1: mm. yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It, it's okay. Close enough. We'll fix it in post.
0: No, we won't. I'm drinking. <laughs> um anyway, uh, Varys, uh, you know, told Tyrion, uh, that she is going to be, uh, a, essentially a bad ruler, and, uh, he's like, well, she's our queen, and we all was like, well, at last episode, I thought, well, Arya's going into the capital, you know, uh, the Clegane Bowl took place, and, uh, when you know the hound called off Arya and she's like, No, don't become me. So she left. I'm like, Alright. So she's just gonna be free. She rides the pale horse. She is going to be one the one to avenge everybody. She is going to kill Danny. Was that your same thought?
1: It actually was not. Oh. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Uh because I have had the prophecy of Azora High in my head. This entire series. Good. Well, since I read the prophecy of Azor high where the prince that was promised uh, spent 30 days forging a blade that he thought would kill the White Walker threat, the other threat. Mm-hmm. And he tempered it in water, and the blade shattered. Then he spent another 30 days, and he tempered the blade... In I can't remember what the second one was. Oh, it was in the the heart of a lion. And the blade shattered. Mm-hmm. Then he the spent another thirty days. Yeah. yeah, He he spent another thirty days. He tempered his blade in the blood of his uh, in the blood of his wife.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the blood became Lightbringer, the blade that would banish the darkness. Mm. So with that in mind, I thought, okay. Well, we're seeing some semblance of a following of this story. We know that both Danny and John have elements of the story of Azora High. That light that they would bring Lightbringer, that they would free the world of men from the world of ice. We know this. So we have not seen a betrayal. Another prophecy that has been kicking around my head is one from episode fucking not episode one, but the first season. Uh, where Miri Mazdur, the uh, the sheep woman who had been uh, uh, horribly you know raped by the dithraki placed yep. a curse upon her and said or oh, no no wait this was Quaith Quaith said this Quaith in like season two when they were in karth uh, she said you will be betrayed three times once for bl- uh, once for vengeance once for money and once for love the once for money was Jora Jorah yeah. Mormont betrayed her for money. The second he one... he was
0: the original, the, 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 you know, Varys hired him.
1: Right, exactly. He was the one that was spying on Daenerys for, uh, for King Robert at the time. Uh, second one, betrayed for vengeance, and I could be getting this wrong, and I can't remember who that one was. But the last one, betrayal for love, was kind of open. It was up in the air. We didn't know who that was going to be. So going into this episode, I thought, John is going to have to kill her because he has said, I love her, she is my queen, ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. Every episode he said, I- if you had a bingo card, you would have hit bingo at some point. I love her, she is my queen, you are my queen, I don't want the throne. Those things he has said over and over again, so I knew he was going to be the one that was going to have to kill her.
0: And, and what you say absolutely holds up. I, ha- I have another contender there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off for mm-hmm. for just a second because of what I said to my wife while we were watching. Uh, but yeah, John uh, definitely. He, it's again spoiler alert. He killed Danny mm-hmm. after talking with uh, Tyrion, uh, who was you know the former hand that was held in jail. Tyrion spoke to John's heart, and John didn't. Seem like he accepted anything that Tyrion said. Uh, But as he left, there was that that brief hesitation. And where Tyrion, because he always gets that last word in, and John walks away with those last words in his head. And he went to Danny, all heart open, and he saw her for what she was Mm -hmm. a tyrant. A tyrant. He became Jamie Lannister. Yeah, and that the, again, not the King Slayer, the Queen Slayer. Mm-hmm. Again, in front of the Iron Throne, and that is a very important moment because after he killed her with a blade in her heart, Drogon comes by, and he sees what. And there's that moment that that nudging of the body uh, in a very animalistic fashion. In, a, I in
1: totally fucking teared up at that moment.
0: Uh, you totally know, <laughs> his mom dying, his mom dying. And I, and I said at the moment, I was like, go ahead, breathe fire on him. See what happens, bitch. You know, see what happens when you breathe fire on a fellow on a Targaryen, because that's what John is. Uh, and he didn't. Instead, he started belching fire all over the place and then centered on the Iron Throne and melted the Iron Throne. And then picked up Danny and flew, flew off. And I believe they said to the east. Yes, at the end of the episode.
1: east, yeah. And so, I said, one, go, go ahead and finish your thought, and then I've got a thought.
0: And I said, as that happened, I said to my wife, "Is Drogon the prince?" Now think about this for a second. All right. Born amid Betra- fire. And betrayed for love. Like, it's... And he is the one that melted the throne, because it uh-huh. was the Iron Throne that held everybody in check. It was that damn throne.
1: Betrayed for vengeance. His brother was killed by the Night King.
0: And the other one by Yurian.
1: Yeah, by Euron Greyjoy.
0: Yeah. Huh.
1: So and so I bring <laughs> her
0: and that's exact a dragon. Like why not? And so I just kind of sat and she kind of looked at me like you're crazy. And then she kind of sat there thinking about it and I was like, you know, that kind of fits. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, okay, let's just let that Prince go off into the, I don't care how crazy this theory sounds. Kevin, it you've kind blown of, my fucking mind. Holy shit! It kind of, it kind of fits. Yeah, you know, and he survived. Let's just think about that a second, and we'll 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 come back. But uh, we need to play a short, short promo, Greg.
1: Step into a world of magic, mystery, intrigue and stupidity. Oh, I knew I should have switched day when I said it. That would be a natural one.
0: I don't think you have anything to carry something so bulky with. I just want to wear it. I want to drag <laughs> drag behind me for four feet. Sweaty days. human man pocket. <laughs> Reverse Centaur,
1: a role-playing game podcast blending the best and worst of Starfinder and Dungeons and & Dragons 5e. Look for it at thecourtofnerds.com and wherever you find your podcasts.
0: All right, Uh, so let's talk about the aftermath. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, the death of Daenerys was actually the midpoint of this episode. As we kind of
1: all knew that it was going to be.
0: As we knew it was going to be. And it's like, how is everything else going to play out? Uh, So, Jon is imprisoned by the Unsullied. Uh, You have a very angry gray worm. Very angry. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a... uh, He just needed his
1: time in a tree. (laughs)
0: Fuck. Okay, and, and, you don't
1: get that joke, that's fine. You've not ever listened to Raleigh Ritchie's album, that's fine. Raleigh Ritchie, by the way, is the guy, the actor that plays Grey Worm, is a rapper named Raleigh Ritchie. He's got a song called Time in a Tree.
0: If you, now the if joke you, explained. If you YouTube it, you can see him busting out some, mic, uh, some beats on a megaphone on the set. And like, it's hella it is, good. <laughs> it is so good. Dude, his album and, is excellent. <laughs> And uh, honestly, uh, let's let we'll will talk about possible miniseries that spawn uh, from the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have uh, Tyrion, you know, also imprisoned that is brought before essentially a tribunal of the remaining lords uh, of the Seven Kingdoms, uh, and uh, at, and we can talk about the bad writing. You know, yet Grey Worm tells him he's not allowed to speak, and yet Tyrion. Just keep speaking because he's mm-hmm. Tyrion. Uh, who and are we to decide? Who that I can't are we to speak?
1: Dec- it's the writers that have decided that I can speak when I can speak.
0: So essentially, we we got a prisoner that killed the queen, that took over this, uh, that committed genocide, that the Dothraki and the Unsullied are loyal to, uh, that are angry and want blood. The forces of the North. Who fucking cares? The unsul that like the forces of the north are also already depleted. You know? The unsullied and the Dothraki could probably deal with them, you know. The veil is empty. It's the you fucking know? veil, you know. Uh yeah, it, it what what else what, like everybody is essentially dead. Uh and so for whatever reason, we're going to listen to the remaining lords of the Seven Kingdoms. And uh, the problem is, who is to decide what happens to Jon Snow? You need, a, you, you need a ruling. And Grey Worm, the Unsullied, who only knows how to obey commands, who doesn't actually know how to lead, uh, is apparently asking a prisoner to talk to all of these people to determine the fate of Jon Snow. And that's where this remarkable soliloquy by Tyrion uh ends up like, well, who should we have to be our king? And uh, th- while there were several funny funny moments, I love uh Samuel Tarly, er, Tarly, you know, like going up is like shouldn't everybody be able to decide
1: well, should every... we get our horses to decide? <laughs> well, maybe we should get our dogs to decide. It's like, you motherfuckers, you know democracy is coming. You can't stop progress.
0: <laughs> and, and what th- is this th- there was... America? Oh, uh, hot takes galore. Uh, and it went a path that I did not expect in the least. Because even after all of this, I was still expecting John. Mm-hmm. I was still expecting John, and he landed on Bran.
1: Fun uh, fact. Fun fact. There are a large number of betting websites that have just collected fucking bank because they gave Bran the best odds to win the Iron Throne. Now, really? Now, yes, they did. Yeah. It was like a, a plus 200 over everyone else. Like significant margins. He was by far and away the leading contender to take the Iron Throne. Followed by I... Arya Stark, Jon Snow, Sansa Stark.
0: Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it couldn't have been, uh, uh, you know, Brienne, but, you know, right. we, we all we all can dream. Um But yeah, wouldn't you know, there was this wonderful moment where everybody starts, you know, saying the eyes for Bran. And his response is, why do you think I made the journey? Mm -hmm. And I got chills. And it was just like, oh my God. Like, yes, this is, this makes complete sense. The Red Seer taking over the Six Kingdoms. I, I
1: love that they were referring to it as the six... I mean, because it literally is the six king. It just... It was perfect. I was like, ah, okay, yeah. Because they've been saying, you know, king of the seven kingdoms and the Andals and the first men, but now it's king of the six kingdoms and the Andals and the first men.
0: Because Wharton- the north... Because yeah. winter... Sansa will not bow to her brother. That's right. And so Sansa is now queen of the north. Uh And... uh the, uh, Jon Snow, uh, who Grey Worm wants to see punished, uh, needs, needs to be punished, as well as Tyrion, who is also a traitor, needs to be punished. And so, uh, Tyrion is commanded to be the Hand of the King. Tyrion, of course, doesn't want this. Grey Worm doesn't, doesn't think it's justice. And, and, you know, Bran has the perfect yes, he's committed a lot of wrong, and he's going to spend the rest of his life rectifying that. Mm-hmm. The perfect response. Perfect response and the light in Peter Dinklage's eyes. Like, first off, Peter Dinklage, and a, a brief side note. If you guys don't subscribe to the Ron Burgundy podcast, uh, uh, Will Farrell has a podcast called the Ron Burgundy Podcast, and Peter Dinklage, before the very first episode, of the Ron Burgundy or of of Game of Thrones came out, showed up on the Ron Burgundy podcast uh, under false pretenses to talk about poetry, and uh, of course Ron Burgundy, being Ron Burgundy, uh, it goes all awry. Uh, and but definitely listen to to that episode because Peter Dinklage is a comedic genius mm-hmm. and a brilliant actor, and you saw how brilliant he was in that scene. <laughs> Because you could see what was in store for him the moment Bran said that. And it all came to light uh, uh, during the first meeting of the Hand of the King.
1: Mm-hmm. When we see everyone, we see uh, we see Bronn of the Blackwater. Interestingly enough, this is his now third scene of the season, as we have said. Uh, we see... Uh, The Onion Knight, Davos, uh, the fact that he is still alive at this point in the story is the most unexpected thing and the most welcome thing, I would like to think. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see Brienne of Tarth as, of course, the leader of the Kingsguard. That makes a lot of sense. Samwell Tarly as the uh, head maester, the grand maester. Grand maester. And then we see, of course, oh, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Who gave the the book the the Song of Fire and Ice?
1: Yeah,
0: yes. uh, to Tyrion, and he's like, "Well, you know, well, I can't wait to see what he says about me." It doesn't and, you mention know, there's... you, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> it just oh, it was so brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, like this is where the writing's shown is just the king's it is the hands chambers right there where that happened. It was like, "Oh, that was that was perfect. That was mm-hmm. perfect." Then we oh. start
1: seeing some denouements. We see we see that the story is beginning to wrap up. Character arcs begin to close. We see John start heading north. We see Gray Worm saying the Unsullied are going to Noth, the Summer mm-hmm. Islands. Yeah. Assuming to be the protectors of the Summer Islands, as he had promised Missandei that he would be this season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We see. Uh, Oh my God! We see the of course, the council bickering as they would, uh, Brawn being Brawn and hoping to the open master multiple, of coin, the master yeah, 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 the master of coin, hoping to open brothels before ships, brothels before <laughs> boats. Now there's a, there's a, a, a slogan that will make Westeros great again. Um, but the, th-
0: the thing that I am most interested in is when John, when when John is saying farewell to everybody, heading north. You know, and he says bye to Sansa, and he's like, "All right, yeah, you're the queen," you know. Uh, and then he gets to Arya, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, you can come visit me anytime. Uh, you know. Who's gonna say no to you? And she's like, "Well, I'm not, I'm not going there." Mm-hmm. Uh, what's west of Westeros? Nobody knows. It's where the maps end. That's where I'm going. And you see, in the just as the as it's ending, you see her. On a ship, sailing out, and I want to see Pirate Arya, mm-hmm. Pirate of the of the seas of you know,
1: past es- Westeros. Uh, what is it, uh, Worldos? I don't know what the name yeah, of it. Yeah, whatever. So interestingly enough, she actually is, and I don't know if this was um, at the insistence of George Martin or if. The the writers came up with this themselves, but it perfectly mirrors that of Arya's idol in the books, Nymeria Targaryen, who mm. set out west on her dragon and was never heard from again.
0: Which also her wolf was named after.
1: Yes. Yes, mm. it was.
0: Uh, so ah, I was okay.
1: just as soon as I saw that and as soon as she said she was going west, I was like, yes, of course she is. This makes perfect
0: sense. And and so you know any any mini series that's you know being developed HBO, all we want is Arya as a pirate queen, like literally taking faces as a pirate queen, I'd be happy. So then we um, get
1: a nice little moment between the three Starks. We see Arya on a boat. We see John in the north, heading north with the wildlings. And we see Sansa as the queen in the north, with the crown on her head that has the wolf on it, in this amazingly beautiful dress, mm-hmm. with the Northmen all around chanting "the queen in the north, the queen in the north." Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and credits. it was very, yeah, it was very fulfilling. Uh, and I will say, John leading the wildlings with Ghost. There was that moment because again uh, an episode ago before this when John left and 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 just unceremoniously like gave ghost away to torment everybody I know, right yeah.
1: what the
0: <clears throat> and everybody was upset like he's your dire wolf well he was reunited with ghost and off they go up into beyond the wall. Uh, to whatever life is now beyond the one there was that as they were leaving as the gate was closing and as the kids were running there's that little plant breaking through the ice
1: that must have the been the li- shortest goddamn winter westeros has ever seen
0: well i mean the 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 night king is dead i mean uh their children are all gone mm-hmm. uh so it's just gonna be uh,
1: goddamn are, summer all the time
0: I, all right, so here is another... Just looking at the start of the credits of the Game Game of Thrones, it's, it looks to be a hollow earth. And this is something people have speculated at as, uh, is, is Martin's world a hollow earth? Whatever is at the center of it, uh, you know, that gives light and stuff like that, it goes through this weird cycle of summer and winter that is extended and long. Uh, and you, you see the orrery, you know, just go around and it looks like a hollow earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's ever what he intended. Uh, he never addressed it as such. I don't know uh, if that
1: was ever the intent, even of the animators who created the intro. I think that it was just, it looked really cool.
0: It did look really cool. Oh, yeah. But it 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 spawned all the, you know, it spawned since season one. Well, is it, is it a hollow earth that they are in? You know, uh, And it, some of that makes some weird kind of sense. Whatever power source is at the center of it goes through this weird cycle of strength. And, and whoever is a, you, know, affecting that strength, uh, the, whether it's the, the nine uh, gods or as or I, or, uh, you know, any of the other gods that have some influence on the world around them, uh, whether or not they can control this mechanism at the center of the world. Nine Divines. and
1: This is very complicated.
0: And, and we, oh, yeah. Fuck you, Sparrow. And, anyway.
1: <laughs> that may or anyway, may not uh, have been a Skyrim joke, but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, uh... I don't, I don't necessarily think that's what uh, was ever intended, uh, but it is, it is good to kind of postulate, is there some sort of change that is going to take place? We've already talked about miniseries that are going to come off of the Game of Thrones story arc. Uh, are we going to see the, the breaking of the long winter?
1: Did we break the wheel?
0: The wheel has been broken, the Iron Throne is melted.
1: Yeah, that's right. It is now nothing but a large puddle of molten goo. Um, <laughs> uh- so, uh, I want to go actually real quick back to a point where you thought that Jon Snow was going to get flamed by Drogon, and that he would walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know if you remember this, but in the first book... Jon Snow fights off a white that attacks mm-hmm. J R Mormont in his chambers yeah. and he attacks it with fire. What happens to Jon's hand? It fucking burned. It does. So if Jon mm. Snow had gotten flamed by the dragon, I can almost guarantee you like Viserys or like Viserys before him, he would have been burned. Daenerys was the only one that was the true dragon queen to our knowledge. Mm. I, I have rendered you speechless. <laughs> I consider that a win on my part.
0: <laughs> I, I was really hoping. I was really hoping. But yes, he, he did get burned. Mm-hmm. But that was also... Uh, he was also resurrected.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, now, now would the resurrection change? It I it, mean, that's it, it fulfills a, an Azor Ahai prophecy, sure, but...
0: But it has nothing to do with his bloodline. Like, right. uh, f- hmm.
1: he was. So the thing is, he was always going to be the one that would help the next person or help whoever was going to be there to rally forces against the Night King. I feel like that was the Red God's entire purpose. The whole purpose of the Red God was to fight against the Great Other or the White Walkers. <laughs> And it's it's, go ahead.
0: And I was going to say this is this is a good kind of cliffhanger note for our listeners, uh, because uh, come up with your own theories, Uh, email them to us, comments when we eventually post this, Uh, and then ask yourselves. I know uh, George R. R. Martin, you know, said like uh, Rickon has been effectively written out, killed Mm -hmm. off, Uh, but he hasn't actually been killed off in the books Uh, at least. In the books, at least. He hasn't actually been killed off. Shaggy Dog is, and him are somewhere out there. Um, tell me what, your, your favorite fan theory. And uh, with all of this happening, what is Rickon doing right now?
1: My favorite fan theory, actually, is that the Three-Eyed Raven is now Bran Stark. That Bran Stark is no longer, has no longer the consciousness, period, of Bran Stark, but that of Brynden Rivers, the Three-Eyed Raven, who took over his consciousness, warged into it as he was attacked by the Night King, and is following and is going south for some nefarious purpose. Now, could it be that he becomes the king in the books? I don't know. And in this theory, they don't even postulate that. They just say that he is going south to the Isle of Faces, which is mentioned many, many times. The Isle of Faces being a small island in the middle of a lake that has just a metric fuckton, which is an actual, actual scientific measurement of weirwood trees and is somehow connected to the old gods. For some purpose, we don't know what. But that was my favorite theory that I had read so far.
0: And, and if you ever think George R. R. Martin is going to ever address any of these feelings, uh, be sure to read... The Winds of Winter, which should come out, uh... Sometime 20... in the next 30 years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I look so... forward to them
1: being completed by Brandon Sanderson in the next 10 years.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Or, uh, let's go, uh, Kevin Anderson. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, who took over Dune. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so I'm Sledge, uh, from the Court of Nerds, uh, across for me, uh... 3,000 miles away is Greg. And uh, I hope you guys appreciated listening to us blather on about Game of Thrones. Bye.